Hey, you lovely human beings. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive into chapter, what is it, chapter eight of the childhood series. Um, just a quick recap of chapter seven. That's when I spent the night at my aunt's house, was coming home the next day to get ready for school and all my suitcases and everything were packed. And I was driven to the airport, put on a plane and sent back to my country of origin, which is Liberia. So we'll go ahead and get started from that point on. Get ready. Everybody's got a story. One that is molded them into who they are. So here's my story. Ups and downs, good and bad. Take from it whatever lessons you choose. And if it doesn't pertain, just leave it. Come listening as I share my diary. Cause this is D's diary. D's diary. D's diary. So if most of you or any of you have ever traveled from the U.S. Uh, back to Africa, the flight is pretty long. Depending on the airlines you go with, you go from the US either to like Europe or you go straight uh, from there to Africa which is even longer flight but we had taken the flight to Brussels so you know we were still on the plane my aunt and I and I was just still trying to process everything because in a simple weekend I have I had gone from going to school and then the night or the weekend I should say at my aunt's house and just expecting to go back school the next week but end up leaving on a Sunday to or on a Monday to go back to Liberia so as I'm sitting on the plane like I said I'm still hurt confused like I'm just still mute I have no clue how to process everything that's going on I'm just like empty so fast forward we get to Brussels and you know I don't know why, but every time you get to Brussels and you're taking a flight to Liberia, for all my Liberians listening, it just feels like your layover is like a century. It just takes forever. So we're just sitting there waiting. You know, my aunt keeps asking, you okay? You want something to eat? I mean, I was hungry. So I, she got us some croissants and stuff to eat. And, you know, as we're waiting for the flight and we got to, um, on this trip, we were flying into Ghana before we took another flight to Liberia. So once everything was ready, we got on the flight and you know, I was still a little quiet. I wasn't as emotional. I was still just kind of shocked. So I wasn't so talkative or anything. I just, when she asked certain questions, I'll just respond with a yes or no. And so we got on the flight and we arrived in Ghana and you know, it was an interesting experience. <laughs> um, I know one thing that was so funny, and I shared it with my friends and siblings um, when I got back uh, from Liberia. Um, when we got to Ghana, you know how, like, in the U.S., no one really thinks much about, like, oh, back in the day, 
like wearing shorts and stuff like that. But <laughs> when we got to Ghana, I had my, uh, I guess my mom had bought me this outfit. It was back in the day. I don't know if you all remember where they had like those plastic um, sneakers. I don't remember what those are called. I should have probably like Googled it or something before I started recording, but it was those uh, cute plastic sneakers that everybody wanted. I mean, your, your toes got all the fresh air needed, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and then I had some shorts and I think like a white shirt. Anyway, I just thought I was fly. So at my, um, it's like at my aunt's friend's house or wherever we're staying in Ghana, you know, there are people there who like you know, do the cooking or the cleaning or whatever. So the lady who was doing the cooking, she was like, oh, I'm about to go to the market to get some food and stuff. So I'm just like, oh, okay, I want to go. And mind you, even though, you know, I had kind of been to Liberia after coming to the U.S., so I, I kind of knew what the market was like. But I, ne I didn't go to the market enough to really remember, I should say. So I get there. And first of all, you know, it's like, it's, I don't know if it was like raining during that time, but it had rain and mud was all over my little Claire plastic shoes, the bottom of it was white. <laughs> so I, I stepped in some puddle of mud and by that time I'm already frustrated. I'm like, who told me to come try to go on an adventure with this lady? So I stepped in some mud and I had a white shirt on. And now that I think about it, I think that's why she was chuckling like, oh, is that what you're gonna wear at the market? I was just like, yeah. She could have, you know, warned the sister and been like, you know what, don't wear that. It's too muddy or whatever the case is. So we get there and then, you know, they're uh, speaking this language. Everybody's like pointing to me. So she, you can see her like telling them like, y'all be quiet or, you know, whatever in the language she's speaking. And um, and so I asked her, I'm like, what's going on? They were like, oh, no, they're talking about your shorts. They're saying it's too short. And mind you, when you're young and like... How was I? Uh, 13? Yeah, about 13 or so. I mean, nobody's really thinking deep, like I said, especially in the States. So that was my <laughs> first, um, I guess, interaction with Ghana, you know, as I was older. So when I went back home, I was like, I don't like it here. When are we going to go to Liberia? And, you know, I was, I was making noise. Um, not like loud or anything. I was just like, I don't like it here. You know, my aunt asked, she was like, hey, how do you like it? How's the market? I was like, no, I don't like it. I want to go back to Liberia. So I think we spent two days there. We got to Liberia. You know, I was still sitting on the plane. And when we got off, it was hot. I mean, it was hot when we got off in Ghana. So we got off in Liberia, it was hot. I feel like that's always my memory. As soon as the plane lands, when you step out, get used to that heat. It just slaps you. It was like, welcome home. You know, <laughs> take it or leave it. And I got down um, where you go, try to go through um, security or immigration or whatever. And, you know, I see my dad standing there and I just start crying, you know. One, because I'm happy to see him. Two, because I just realized I don't know when I'm going back to the States, you know. And I cross over immigration. He takes my passport and do whatever it is that they need to do. And I just stood there, you know, hugging him, kind of crying. And he was just like, it's okay. It's okay. And I, you know, I was just like, why? Why? He was just like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You're here. You know, let's just, let's just go home, you know? So I think uh, my aunt, if I'm not mistaken, I think she had someone else who was picking her up from the airport. So I said my goodbyes. 
And uh, she went her way and then me and my dad got in the car and we were just driving home. And it's like, it brought back all my memories when I first went to Liberia from the airport, the ELWA um, airport. It's like the same feeling I had when I you know, first went to Liberia. It's like something's always burning, whether someone's like burning wood or burning trash. And you know, some feelings like you can't put into words and I guess that's the beauty of it. But it's like you just you smell the smoke, you smell the you know, the freshness, the unfreshness. You <laughs> you just you see the people at the bar, like the little um what is it, kinda like a mud house bar in a sense, you know, someone click clack some together a little bit made it like a little nightclub and people are just dancing and then you smell the roasted fish the roasted meat oh i tell any of you who have never been to liberia or you know um the continent of africa or just other places that you know have that similar feeling just just go try it out i don't know there's just something about street cooked food i don't know how it is now you know with everything going on but it's just when the window's down and you're just you know, my eyes were closed and I'm just looking out. I'm just taking in all the sense. And then when I open my eyes and I just see everywhere that my, you know, my mind kind of remembers from the first time I was there and I start crying and, you know, it's mixed emotions because I'm in Liberia, because I don't have my siblings with me, and, you know, and I, I was also excited because as you all recall, uh, my younger sister, she was in Liberia. So I knew at least I was going to have, you know, someone around me, but I, I guess the shock was somewhat still in me, like the pain of how I left. So we we're going and, um, and this time uh, my dad was like, you know, we we're making a, a quick stop. So I'm like, where? He's like, you know, you'll see. So we stopped somewhere halfway going towards the house. We're still on like the highway. And he turns left into this neighborhood. It's this beautiful uh, community type stuff. You know, the grass. It's like they there's this beautiful house there. And then it's just like green grass and this beautiful tree. And I think it had a hammock on it, if I'm not mistaken. Like uh, a hammock or two. I mean, it just looked like something out of the movies. It was just so beautiful. And... Come to find out, I guess we stopped to say hey to my old lady. I didn't know she was in Liberia. So I saw her and I started bawling, crying. And she, like, she starts crying. And then, you know, I hug her because I haven't seen her since I left before fifth grade. Fifth, sixth, seven, eight. So was that like almost four years, four or five years? And then, so I guess she had just had a, a baby, my younger brother. So she, you know, we hug and then we're talking and stuff. And then... Um, and then my and then so you know someone goes in and brings the baby chunky cute little human being so I'm just you know hugging him and little by little that pain that shock you know started breaking off because I just felt like I was back home I guess I could still I could hold on to this part of home you know there was the US home and then there was the Liberia home so I'm just sitting with her she was just like oh I didn't know you were coming back you know and then like I guess she didn't know my dad hadn't told her whatever but she was just so excited 
but I guess the way it happened, maybe nobody knew, maybe they did know. Um, it's all relevant now, but <laughs> however it happened, we just kind of talked and, you know, she was asking, she was like, oh, how, how's your sister doing? How's the states? You know, we just talked as much as we could. And when it started to get, and then she had, uh, went to the, cause she and I used to like to eat street, <laughs> street food, the roasted meat, roasted chicken with that little dry rice. Oh my goodness. Let me stop reminiscing so much. But <laughs> so she sent someone to the road to get me some roasted fish and meat and stuff. You know, like my dad, he wasn't about that eating street food life, but she and I we were about that life. <laughs> so they went and got me, I think it was like an orange pop and a, what is it? And like roasted fish and a little bit of roasted meat. And it was like roasted corn and uh, cassava roasted. So I was just, I was getting my grub on. And you know, like the food over there too, it's just, it's just good. Like when it comes to like the vegetables or like the uh, rice or greens and stuff, like it comes straight from the ground. Like they plant it, they pull it out. The meat is fresh as everything. It's not like, oh, they bought it frozen in some supermarket. You know, it was just real tasty. So I was like, okay, I can get used to this. <laughs> but, um, and then, you know, she and I, we just chatted and uh, my dad was like, okay, it's time to go. So, you know, I gave her a hug and she was like, well, at least you're here tomorrow. I'll come try to see you. So we get back on the highway and I'm just kind of taking everything in, you know. I'm just, now I'm mixed with emotions, you know, happy to be back, but still missing the U.S. But we drive all the way home. And, you know, it was, um, it had gotten dark. We came in the fence and there was someone else in the fence, uh, that stayed there. So my dad was like, oh, this is my friend. And, you know, he worked in the yard and everything like that. And come to find, I guess he was also, um, one of my dad's friends back in the day when we, around the time when I was born, when the war and stuff was happening. So they were all together. So um, they brought all my suitcases in, you know, I had my room and, uh, you know, my, I think my sister's there when I got there, I don't remember, but I just, I just went, went to bed and in the morning when I woke up, like there were, this time, our fence that we had, it was like a, it was like a, like it wasn't like the big, when I first went to Liberia, we had the big metal fence that you couldn't see through, couldn't nobody see in, you couldn't see it. The fence was so high, you know, but this one, the fence was a little lower and then it was just like the, is it like metal gates or whatever you could see through. So our next door neighbor, whose house was like touching ours, you know, they had uh, young kids living there too, or like uh, my age and then the house right across the street, like it was just a lot more kids. So I remember when I came out in the morning, my dad and I was getting ready to go out. Um, and then, you know, the neighbor had come out and called my dad. I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, this your daughter? He was like, yeah, you know. And then they were like, oh, hi. I was like, hello. And then their younger daughter came out. I was like, hey, how are you? You know, we just kind of chopped it off a little bit. <laughs> she and I laugh about it to this day, but like when I first met her, I would say something, then she would just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she did that for the longest time. So one day I asked her, I was like, why do you always say that? Oh, like earlier, you know, later on we started talking. She was like, when you first came, I didn't understand what you <laughs> what you were saying. It just sounded like you were talking like, skirt, 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 skirt. 
<laughs> you know, in Liberia, they call American English um, cerise. Cerise, they say like, you have, it's like people talk like they have okra under their tongue. So it's all slippery and slimy, like, how are you? How are you doing? You know, and so we laughed about that later, but they were so cool. You know, I, it really made that experience so, so much fun. You know, so my dad and I, we, you know, where was I back to? I, so we got in the car and we went to, I think it was his office or whatever. And so I was just there because it wasn't, he couldn't, he hadn't put me in school yet. And he was still trying to get all the paperwork I needed to, to go to school. So I think for like the first week, I just would go to work with him and hang out. And I think, actually, I don't think my younger sister's there. I think she came to the house after like that week or so, and then, you know, we all started living together and whatnot. And I started going to this um, school. And interestingly enough, the school I started going to this time was the school my sister and I were originally, my young, my older sister and I were originally going to before we came to the States. So it was like, I did a full 360 right back to it, but I didn't, I honestly didn't remember anything about it. I just, when I saw the pictures and stuff, I knew went there, but I had no recollection of it. But it was so interesting. The first day of school, we signed up. My dad went and did all the paperwork. And the way how the school was set up there, from like, I guess it was called lower level and higher level heights. Everybody who from like elementary and middle school was kind of like one. So even though I went there and I was in eighth grade, but it was still considered like, yeah, it was lower level. And then even when I, well, I'm rushing ahead, but even when I went to ninth grade, it was still lower level. But stateside, when you're in ninth grade, you're in high school. So that was one thing that was pretty uh, different and that's something I didn't understand. But, you know, I went there the first day of class and, you know, they do the thing where um, they're like, they, you know, do the introduction. What what I liked about this, actually, there were a lot of kids from the States, I guess, who happened to go there around that time. You know, so I was ending eighth grade when I got there. And so I guess in a, in a sense, I was like the only American in the class at the time so you get there and they're like do the introduction and librarians for any of you listening who have been around librarians or know librarians so you can go on YouTube and look, look them up librarians are funny they're really funny like the, if you understand what they're saying <laughs> so I get to the class and the teachers like um we have a new student you know you want to introduce yourself so I was sitting there I was like hi um you know my name is D he's like you want to come to the front to talk so we can get after you talking? <laughs> and then I'm like, um, and you know, like I said, I don't know if I stayed in the previous episodes. Even though you hear the Liberian accent when you're in the States and you're part of the Liberian community, when you're in Liberia, like the accent not only is it strong, but it's fast. So half the time, what he was saying, I didn't understand it. He kept saying like, Oh, fire coming from my mouth, which means like, don't you understand what I'm saying? And so it took me a while to really understand half the things that were being said. And, you know, it was the same way around where I would say something that would be like, 
you can repeat that thing what you just said, Coco, but I don't understand it. In other words, you know, repeat it because we didn't get it, but it would just be a lot faster <laughs> when they say like, I beg you, I beg you, eh, 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 please repeat that thing you're talking there. God, I when you're talking, I don't understand it. Please don't can't hear our ear. All that serious is speaking. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll do a translation, but another time. <laughs> but it was just, um, you know, it took some getting used to, and some uh, family members and stuff I had met the first time I went there. Some of them were in that school, so when they came to like adjusting and uh, making friends and uh, finding a group and stuff that was um, that was a walk in the park and you know that year I just kind of really got to know my neighbors like the kids you know um, I don't know if it's just because we're older now or how society is but it or this society is you know in the U.S. but I feel like in Liberia you may not have known it everybody that lived in the neighborhood but you knew majority of the people like you'll know who your next door neighbors are you'll be walking down the street you say oh hey miss this how are you hey mr so-and-so how are you like you just knew everybody you know and that's one thing i noticed was so different from the states because in the states you may have known your neighbor if their kids were your friends that you went to high school with but even where i went or where i was living in liberia None of those kids and I went to the school who were my next door neighbors. Up the road, some of those kids went to my school away on the other side, but everybody still knew each other. And I felt like that that bond was so beautiful. Like you go to school, everybody goes to school throughout the week. Friday you come, because all of us wore uniforms. Friday you take off your uniform, you put on like your, call like your house clothes or your playing clothes. You put on your clothes and you all will meet up and you know, you would just kind of hang out, whether you play games, like you'll get dirty playing uh, games, you know, just in the playing the dust, the mud, playing marbles, just you were just being a kid. Obviously, that wasn't the time where people were bombarded with phones and you just got to get dirty. You know, it was one of those times where when you were done hanging out with your friend, you absolutely had to go take a shower because if you did not your toes everything had dirt on it like you would climb the trees with your friends to like pluck the almonds um the mango tree you you know sit there and try to aim rocks at it and one thing I always felt was so beautiful I remember the first time it happened you know I the next door neighbor that was right next to me you know she was like uh hey, you know, they're just done cooking at my house. Come, let's eat. So she, me and my sister and our other friends, like everybody grabbed a spoon and everybody ate her food, you know, like this, this big old bowl. And then when we were done, one of the other girls who were eating with us, they were done cooking at her house. It was her and her sister. So we all went and ate her food. <laughs> and then we all went and ate her sister's food. And then when they were done cooking at my house, everybody came over and we ate my food in my younger sister's food like that was so <laughs> dope because you know everybody's house is cooking something different maybe at my crib they cooking some nice tuberkey if you want to know what that is google it and then on the house right next to mine in the house right next to mine they're probably cooking some cassava leaf and then 
that other house they're probably cooking some potato greens that other one's like dry rice fried fish and some roasted fish so you you had the best of both worlds all the time and i felt that was so beautiful you know it's it, it wasn't what i was used to and i think the difference between this trip that I had taken to liberia and the first one obviously the first one i was younger the way i interpreted things it was just different even now at the beginning of this trip the way I interpret everything but you know as you listen to this experience of me being in Liberia for the next few episodes I kid you not I would not trade having been sent to Liberia for anything and oftentimes that's why you know emphasize on this podcast or individuals that I'm just talking to I have no villains in my story you know, it's true we go through things and we feel like, you know, people hurt us or we didn't deserve this and whatever it is. Everything in life I've come to learn happens for a reason. And unfortunately, when we're in that valley, when we're in the process, it's painful. We interpret it the way that gives us the best comfort. And it's only when we either get older or we decide to rethink the whole situation that we're able to see like, wow, from this and that experience, what is it that I can take from them? You know, someone may ask, are you saying every situation is a good reason? I'm not necessarily saying everything is a good reason. I said within every situation, even as bad as a situation is, there's some lesson we can pull from it. And no one can force someone else to take a lesson from them or anything like that. Everybody will heal the time they want to heal. Everybody will interpret their life the way they want to. But all I'm saying is within every circumstance, I personally believe there's something, even if it's one out of a million things, there's one thing we can pull from them and said, this situation, this one thing I learned from it, and I just wouldn't trade back or turn back the hand of time to reverse it. And I feel like this going to Liberia was one of those situations. And as you listen up to the other episodes, you understand why, you know? So let me go ahead and not make this episode so long and go ahead and stop right here. But I thank you for listening in and I will talk to you next time. As I conclude, make today count. And just remember to take life one day at a time. Well wishes always.